Got the mood lighting all set. Dude, our studio is nice, man. Yeah. It really is. It is. It is. You guys worked hard on it. I did not. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I really just want to get the drywall dust out of this table. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna build a new tabletop. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm gonna do. It's, you know, it's nothing crazy. It's like some two by sixes. So it's not like it's gonna, it's not like it's gonna be that hard, but dude. Hard. Hard. Welcome to the Midwest Flyways Podcast. Cal and I are down in the studio today doing a little bit of uh, podcasting. Back away. in the studio. Yes. Back, Back in, the, in studio. the studio. Feels good to be home. Construction's over. Yep. It is. Feels it, good to be out of my basement, you know, my one little turkey mount that I have, fan <laughs> mount. <laughs> yeah, this is much more ducky in here. Yep. Definitely. Hey, I'm waiting on my long tail and my eider mounts. Yep. And then... Then your basement's going to get a little more ducky. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hoping to get a couple more mounts this week. What mounts are you hoping to get this week? Hoping to get a Harlequin <sighs> and a Brant. Dude, That's I what I'm hope, hoping for. I hope you get a Harlequin. I, I I really do too. Oh my gosh, that's like the sickest bird. It, I mean, yeah, it really it's is very like, cool. It's, it's so it cool. Very I, cool. I can't wait to have the chance someday to shoot one. Yep. And I'm stoked for you that you get to go do it. But dude, yep. I'm definitely jealous. And they're all I like, can't lie. they're all like fully um, plumed out. Know, yeah, plumed yeah, out. They're fully plumed out right now. And yeah, it's. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I'm I mean, excited. if you shoot one, dude, <laughs> then uh, the whole yeah, we're gonna geek. Yeah, for for those of you that don't know, I'm headed to Washington this week. Yep. Um, going with our our good buddy from uh, DNA Outfitters, DNA Guide Service. Um, he's he's old a captain. Darren. Yep, good old Darren. He's a captain, and so he's going out there to do some scouting and on some uh, ducks and geese and sea ducks, and so I'm. Uh, and he just like asked you if you wanted to roll with. Yep. Like, to go scout. Yeah. And so he's gonna hunt too, though. Yeah. 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 It, he actually he already shot his harlequin. Okay, so um, like you're yesterday. probably gonna get a shot at a harlequin. Yeah, and I mean the yeah, yep. It would be the hardest. The the hard part is that you get one, right? And so like if I shot it, like I just got a, a Jeb's full choke on my gun, mm-hmm. and so it's like if I shot it and just like ripped its head off. Yeah, <laughs> that would suck. Yeah, that would suck. And uh, so and then I just have to go out next year and get a different one. Yeah. Damn. But yeah, no. It's yeah, a, you better be. Yeah, you got to pick your shot a little bit. Yeah, you definitely got to be careful. You don't want to tear that thing up. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. And I've I haven't shot my gun with that choke yet, so I gotta yeah. I gotta see. Are you gonna go shoot up. it today before you go? Um, <clears throat> I you leave like in I, a few hours. Yeah, I leave at four. Yeah. Is, is when the flight takes off. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I I don't know if we're going straight out doing Harlequin first. Sure. Um, so you might have a chance to like practice with it a day or two. Yeah, I think we, we, know, we might be shooting some some long tail or yeah. something like that first. That's um, sick. Buffleheads or something. Okay, let me ask you this, right? Because like I haven't hunted sea ducks. Okay, is it more fun than hunting puddle ducks? Um, I, it depends. The decoying is definitely different. Yeah. So because they they fly along the top of the water. And they just like streamline right at you. So for me, spotting birds is way easier. Sure. Way easier. Okay. Because like, you know, I'll I'll be filming the guns or filming our ammo or something like that in, in the blind. And they're like, oh, ducks, ducks, ducks. You know, and it's just like, where? where? You know, and yeah. it's like, oh, up above the horizon over there. It's like, okay, you have an infin- infinity 
um, of area, yeah, yeah where they area. could possibly be. Yeah, they behind us, in front of us. All, yeah, yeah up and top. Um, with sea ducks, it's just like you just scan along the shoreline, essentially, mm-hmm. and you look and see what's flapping just over the water. Yeah, so. it's kind of funny that you bring that up because, uh, like, when we first started doing this, um, I think we were pretty bad at like telling you where the birds were. Right. Cause like, okay. Cause like when you're hunting, right. Initially, like your instinct is to be like, right there, you know, yeah. like you don't actually see you're like right there. Like, and you like kind of give a little point. Yep. And by that time they could be like right there, you know, yep, like they're yep. in front of you and not beside you. And so now, yeah, now I've tried to be like more conscious of the fact that like, and I've gotten a lot better at spotting them myself. Yeah. Um, and paying attention to where they are and doing a quick scan of the sky. But that's the other thing is that unlo- like until they get like 200 yards from us, my camera doesn't really pick them up anyway. Yeah, totally. Well, one thing that's kind of interesting that I've noticed about you is like when you're when you're filming, obviously not your problem, but when you're hunting, like when you're shooting, you like find the birds first. Oh, I like do. I feel like you're always the one who's like birds over there, birds over there, birds <laughs> over there. I try. You know? I but try. Like, yeah. I don't know if that's because you're just like so like at that point you've been so unfocused on that situation and suddenly <laughs> now you're like I'm so focused on these birds. Yeah. The uh, uh, it's. Um, it, it's interesting with uh, turkey hunting out in South Dakota, um, because finding those is just like these little black dots in a field. And, you know, the joke is always like, oh, is it a turkey bush? Because you mm. just got to sit there and wait and see if it moves. And yep. if it moves, like, nope, those are turkeys. And then you go after them. Sure. But it's, yeah, like there's uh, the guy that I usually go with, Ken, he's only got his uh, left eye and that dude can spot a coyote from a mile away. He can spot turkeys and turkey bushes from what do you mean he's only got his truck. left eye he shot his right eye out you didn't know that no oh really what ken byers has a, yeah um, you've you've interacted with him like yeah a never good knew never knew yeah that's why that's why his holy hell <laughs> like you know the whole red rider bb gun yeah stuff? man yeah, no that's him that's totally him no way he shot his right when eye he's out a kid he or a what kid. yep with a bb gun holy crap and um and so he's he's right-handed but yeah. he is obviously left eye dominant because it's the only one he's got. Yeah. And so he shoots left handed and he has to draw his bow left handed and all that stuff. So. That's so wild. Yeah. Holy but, and, crap. And so, and he usually is driving the truck. Yeah. And so he's driving, he's spotting turkeys, he's spotting mule deer and, and it, it's amazing. Like, That's uh, so crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. You adapt, I guess. Uh, yeah. But I mean. But yeah, I'm I'm super excited about Washington. I went to Maine last year. Yeah. Um, you know, hunting sea ducks out there. It's it's just different, man, when it comes to um like the hide and and the scouting and the, you know, I didn't do much scouting cuz they, you know, Darren knew what spots to go to and everything like that. Right. But that was the other thing is that if we didn't shoot something in like a half an hour, mm-hmm. we up and moved. He's like, nope, they're not flying here. And he's just like, really? Oh, yeah. Like in the middle of a hunting? Yeah. Like, yeah. So we would go out in the morning. Is it, like, the, or is it the same thing where like you right at sunrise, like before? We'd hit the launch at sunrise. So okay. We'd get to the launch at sunrise um, and then go out, you sure. know, so just like sun's just starting to peak up or whatever. Yeah. Birds are just, you know, coming into the bay and blah, blah, blah. And, and so then we would get on some rocks. We'd throw some decoys out. They're all um, eider and long-tail decoys. Yeah. And then um, wait for them to come in. And, you know, if 20 minutes, half an hour uh, swung by and nothing came, then he's like, all right, let's go. You know, and we get, get in crap. the boat, pick up the decoys, go yeah. to the next spot. 
That's wild. Yeah. I had no idea. So I was going to ask you, that boat that he brings out there, yeah. is that the same boat he uses here? Uh, it was. Own? He got a new one now. Okay. But is yeah, bigger? It, it was. It was, um, I guess it was 18 foot, I think. Is that how big his one was when we were in, when we were yeah. with him? Yeah. It's an 18 foot, that huge I deep, think, that really yeah. deep V. It is is very deep, yeah, and it, it yeah. has to be. It can only well, take, totally. It can only take five guys... And decoys. Yeah. Like, no more. Well, that's you, even that in an 18-foot boat, seems like. Maybe it's 21. I don't know. It, sure. You know, but it's, um, yeah. It, What's it's, his new boat? I don't know. Okay. I'll, I'll find out this Yeah, weekend, it's probably bigger and better. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, uh, I know he was selling his old one. He asked me if I wanted to buy it. Yeah, but. he asked Joey, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but no, yeah, that boat's a little overkill, I think, for a lot of what we do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I like my boat. I think oh, my yeah. boat, you know, if I, if I got like a nice mud motor on it, I think it'd be sweet, but yeah. Um, I don't um, think you need that, though. I'm fine with what I have on there. Dude, yeah. I mean, yeah. So I'm, I'm looking at buying a boat right now. Yeah. Yeah, because my dad wants to, so my dad has this obsession where he buys like shitty things and then turns them into like amazing things, you mm-hmm. know? I think we've talked about this on the podcast, like how much his boat, how sick his boat is now yeah. and like how much he likes it. So he messaged me the other day and he's like, hey, so uh, I'm retiring um, soon. Like he's got one more shoot left and Ooh, then he's done. Wow. Yeah, he's done, dude. I know. I don't we know if he knew that. A retirement present. But he's like done. We should. Yeah. I mean, I have to regardless, <laughs> but no. So he's like done, done though. Yeah. Like he's done and. Uh, he's like, so I'm looking for some hobbies and he's like, you want to buy a boat and I'll help you like completely transform it. Nice. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds sick, right? So I'm like, yeah, I was going to buy a boat before next year anyway. Yeah. So I'm like, well, whatever. Like I'll just buy a boat now. But I think what I'm going to do is buy like, I'm going to buy like a deep V boat. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, you have your boat and that's mm-hmm. like perfect for like fishing in the summer. It's also perfect for like duck hunting on like bigger lakes because we can really move. Mm-hmm. So I really want a boat though, where when we go to like, you know, bigger water yep. in the sketchy and like late in the season, kind of diver hunting situations, mm-hmm. you know, we can have that boat to be able to use that. And then sure. if Joey has his little boat. Yeah. Kind of got high. like all three scenarios covered for us. Yeah, I um I think I'm going to transform my boat this spring. It's it's pretty good the plot like the the layout and stuff. It's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Um but I think I might uh that thing could use some updates. Yeah. I like definitely some carpet and some for, wa- you could look probably look through that wiring for a few days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you haven't seen the video, is it a video or where was it? What? The the battery melting. Oh no! Yeah, that was on Instagram. Oh yeah. Yeah, we we did it in our Instagram stories. I think we might have saved it. I don't. Did know. we talk about it on the podcast? I don't um, know if we did. I don't know. Um, oh, we did a little bit. We did. Remember quick Connor recap. Keller cursed. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Well yep. yeah. Quick recap. Quick go recap. Ahead. We we went. Cal and I went out. We were gonna go hunt a uh, local place. Um, Cal didn't wake up and I called him and then he started coming and then, or then he was coming, but on his way, I was like, well, you might as well not because my battery, my boat won't start. Went in and looked at it and the battery had melted on the, um, it was arcing. It had a yeah. terminal that was melting. The so. terminal was completely like melted. Like it was gone. Yeah. But Cal know? decided to come anyway and we went Well, I was, I was there for like, I was like on the same road. Yeah. Like I was like a minute away and I called you and I was like, Hey, should I park down low or where are you? Should I swing all the way around to the bottom to drop my stuff? Yep. And you're like, I don't think it matters. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? And then obviously that happened, yeah. but 
Yeah, so your boat could look, you could look through some of that stuff. Yeah. For sure. Oof. Yeah, we'll see how fast my dad gets done with my boat with me. Maybe yeah. he'll want to take yours. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I'm definitely though, last night I was researching bow fishing setups, mm-hmm. um, to put like platforms and yeah. whatever on there. Like yeah. see, cause there's, there's guys that weld aluminum around here that, yep. you know, make nice platforms and whatever. I think I might invest in that and invest in some lights. Dude, my dad has a really good guy that yeah. he's been working with because my dad obviously has completely rewelded his entire boat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's got a guy that's, uh, really reasonable okay. and a really, really good dude. So I'll talk to you. Yeah. We can talk about yeah, it. Yeah. That'd for be sure. sweet. I, dude, I am. Guy. I was talking to Nate about it last night. I am so excited to go bow fishing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I am, oh my gosh, you will yeah. not, like, I'm, I'm going to be sleeping in every day of the summer because I'm going to be out every day. Well, dude, I evening. think that could become kind of like our off-season activity. Oh my gosh, dude. You know, because, like, that's something sick. People still want to see it, and we like doing it. Yeah. Oh, my word. And I'm pretty excited this year because I got really amped about it last year, mm-hmm. but I my shoulder was hurt. Yeah. Remember? So I couldn't shoot. Yep. So I'm kind of excited this year to actually have a chance to shoot. Oh, dude. And and I'm super excited because um, I'll actually have a boat. I have the generator. Yep. So all I got to do is get the lights and the platform, and I'll be good to go. And it'll be the type of situation of, like, 8 o'clock at night. I'll be like, I kind of want to go bow fishing tonight. And I can yeah. just go. Like, yeah. I, I have a trolling motor already, too. I just need to, I need to figure out some way to do it by myself. You know, mm-hmm. have a trolling motor and, and just, just control it like that. Well, you can, for sure. I know, but like, like I need to find a way to mount the trolling motor that I have, or you know, we could or get a new trolling motor or something like that. I think you'd be able to mount it down low and then just run the foot pedal up high I don't onto the see, platform. It's not, it's not a foot pedal one. So I well, I, you just have to get a new one, right? You can get a uh, like a 30, 30 pound thrust, yeah, trolling motor at Walmart for like a hundred bucks. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Dude, I don't know. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I can't wait. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. I didn't know how into it you were until you went and bought like a $1,000 generator, like on a whim. <laughs> like we were going to go bow fishing and then Joey's generator wasn't working. You're like, well, I'll just go get one. And I'm like, he's going to buy like some Harbor Freight piece of shit generator. And then you came back with that super nice Honda. Yep. And I'm like, this guy likes bow fishing. <laughs> yes. Like I had no idea until like that was like how hardcore you were about it. But yeah, I... I Joey took me the first time I went and I just got straight up addicted. The funny thing too is, uh, I think we we talked about this a little bit, but Connor bought that boat like on a whim too. Yeah, like <laughs> we were on our way to Vortex headquarters, and Connor's like, "Yeah, I think I'm gonna get a boat for bow fishing," and I'm like, "This is so random," <laughs> you know? And he's <laughs> like, "Yeah, look at what's out there right now," and I like looked, and that boat is. So such a good deal. Yep. Like now that I'm looking for boats for myself, uh-huh. I'm like, dude, I don't know how you bought that thing for that <laughs> price. Like it was stupid. But anyway, yeah, I found well, this boat and I'm like, this is a stupid good deal, Connor. And, and he's the, like, message a guy instantaneously. Yep. And the guy that I bought it from had actually bought it. Um, when I picked it up from him, he had bought it six days prior wow. from somebody else that just needed cash. Yeah. And he was, and so I don't even know what he bought it from for that guy because I talked him down, uh-huh. and 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 he still obviously was making some money on it or whatever. Yeah. But like, holy cow! Yeah, that was crazy. So, I, but I'm not upset. Like, I think it's great. I had to buy a new battery for it. Cause my battery got screwed. So what? But yeah, I think you saved like two grand on what that thing's probably worth. Probably yeah. yeah. For the motor alone, yeah. For, for real though, it's a fifty horse, right? Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. 1980. 80, 50 horse. That's so insane. Yeah, that was a good deal. That's anyway. crazy. 
So I know that Joey's not actually here uh, for this one, but Cal and I yesterday, we were actually on the phone with him. And so we had the opportunity and when we were just chatting back and forth um, through FaceTime, um, I was like, oh, you know, we should uh, record this on the podcast or at least put some of this in the podcast because Joey was kind of going to the stories about what he's doing down in Oklahoma. Um, and so here's a little bit, a quick snippet about uh, kind of what he's been uh, doing down there. And uh, so, yeah. Joey, why don't you tell us about your first day showing up in... Uh, yeah, I do want to hear about this. I'm good. <laughs> Thanks, though. No, I, I appreciate the enthusiasm about my time down here in Warica, Oklahoma, but I'm good, dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. No, I've been, I've been shooting ducks and shooting hot. Dude, and I am just having a ball, having a ball, and I'm getting paid. That's the craziest yeah. part. That's actually the craziest part about all this because I would do this without getting paid. Like, yeah, you're not supposed to say that, but I'm. <laughs> yeah, no, um, just guiding clients for duck hunts um, and lesser hunts. First day down here, get here, or I got here super late, and, uh, Went to bed super late and then woke up early as all get out, started guiding that next morning. and Or I'm sorry, we did a fun hunt that next morning. No, liar. I'm a liar. We did a fun hunt that next morning at like some kid's pond. His name's Braden. Shot a bunch of ringneck and uh, gadwall. And that was a lot of fun. It was absolute nonsense. Red dirt everywhere. And, uh. Then later that day, I get shown around the ranch. We're scouting for ducks, and the place is just incredible. By the way, I'm at Stewart Ranch Outfitters in Warica, Oklahoma. I, I, Follow him on time, Instagram. I feel like by the time that I leave here, I'm not going to have the same accent that I came with, you know? Yeah. Do you think you're going to have a southern accent? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound like a southern belle, let me tell you Inside that. Inside of two weeks. Straight up, dude. I was talking to Roy the other day on the phone. He goes, stop using a subject. I wasn't even trying. That's the messed up part. Let me show you the unbelievable guide shack that I get to stay at. This is the heater. This is the fucking... <laughs> so, am I supposed to describe the heater to all the people that are listening on the podcast? Fucking, this is our fucking thermostat, bro. Okay. So, it it's, it's a just a, it's a metal... Look, is that a Honeywell heater that's just sitting in the corner? Oh, no, dude. <laughs> this thing literally says Mr. Heater on the top. <laughs> I have a buddy heater as a thermostat in this guy. It's a pretty big buddy heater. Yeah, if you're into that kind of thing. Looks yeah. like it's uh, almost kind of like open flame. It absolutely is an open flame. Yeah. It's a hazard, dude. It's a fire hazard. <laughs> Is it is the place warm like everywhere in it? No. <laughs> Dude, where I sleep, I'm like tempted to have my my dog who's covered in red Oklahoma dirt, so bad on my bed to keep me warm at night. I don't think so. No it's no good. So it's cold as hell. Cold as hell, huh? Shit. Let me tell you. <clears throat> but anyway, Back to what we were talking about. Um, first day, did a buddy hunt, got shown around the ranch, and next morning, 
uh, started guiding, got skunked for their first time of the season. None of the birds came to fly to the sheet water field. And uh, it's it's just a whole different world down here, you guys. Like, it is – I've never experienced shit like this. Tell me more. Like what? Like, when – picture every time you're hunting pintails, they just – I just assume that they're not going to come in. They're just not going to do it. They do it here, and they do it bad. Like, bad, bad. And then every single duck is literally perfect. It's fully plumed. Like, every bird's a mounter. It's so sick. You going to get any mountable ducks? Oh, Mount yeah. many? Or are you just going to keep them in my freezer for two years? <laughs> <laughs> I, might, I might do this. Okay. No. <clears throat> I'm going to get a wedge in, a pintail, and a uh, spoonbill while I'm down here. So... Nice. We've already got all of those except for um, a spoonbill. Okay. Any banded? No, but a guy an hour north of us shot a widgeon band from like literally the depths of hell of Canada, from like way up there, hmm. like like, the Arctic, like in the Arctic Circle. It's wild. Like as far north in Saskatchewan as you can go. Wow. So that's pretty cool. He was only a year old, too. So you don't hear about a whole lot of widgeon bands getting shot. But anyway, <clears throat> um, we've shot quite a few ducks while being down here. It could be better. We had a cold front come through today with like 40-mile-an-hour winds. And um, so that pushed ducks around quite a bit. Some more ducks today than I have three days total. So, um, yeah. yeah. I saw on your story earlier today how you had – like you were taking pictures of ducks and then more ducks came, th- came in. That looks like it was kind of a crazy time. <laughs> Dude, it was so cool, man. Like Aaron is leaving to ducks that we had already shot that day. Aaron's the head guide here. He lives here full time. He's, he's like, well, I'm cold. I'm going to go and make gumbo. So I'm going to take these ducks and, uh, y'all just finish up your limit. And so he's like, I'm, well, Hey, I got to get a picture for Instagram. And so we're taking the picture, and Derek is just being a dick. And he's, like, make fun of me. He's like, oh, more ducks, please. (laughs) And someone's like, who has a fucking gun? And, like, we turn around, and there's, like, six gadwall right in the fucking decoys. (laughs) And this one guy, Cole, just, like, squeezes off three rounds, kills one on the last shot. And everyone's like, like, we were all out of the blind completely on, like, a ledge stacking birds, and I was holding in my hands. Dude, it was hilarious. It was really fun. Yeah, I saw that. So, yeah, and then there are just feral hogs everywhere, man. So crazy. That sucks. You can just shoot shoot any of them anytime, right? Yep. Yeah, well, so, like, I'm on on Stewart Ranch, and so they own 33,000 acres about. So, literally, as far as you can see is the ranch. And so you can just assume... And uh, coupled with Onyx, you can tell where you are. As long as you're not doing it from the road, it's legal. That's crazy. As long as you are not on a road. Like, so, like, say I'm driving in my truck through one of the pastures and I see hogs. I can just shoot them from the moving vehicle. 
That's nuts. Absolutely. Nighttime, daytime, anytime. Could it ever eat them? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people eat hogs. Well, I know people do. I just meant, like, do the guys, does anyone out there ever eat them? So, like, <clears throat> the people on the ranch don't eat them too often, and that's why them personally don't shoot a whole lot. Um, I know that they donate meat to, like, the reservation, like the Indian reservation, but, um, like, clients, if there's, like, a, if they are, if they just want to, like, go out and shoot stuff, they'll, like, hire a guide from the ranch to go out with thermal guns at night and shoot hogs, like, all night. <laughs> Dude, so cool. <laughs> so crazy, man. So cool. When I tell, so it's going to be in a YouTube video coming up here pretty quick, actually. I'm going to edit it tomorrow. <clears throat> um, we go out in the side by side, go across the highway to someone who has more property. We open up a gate. We're driving for literally a minute and a half. And there are like 15 pigs running through the pasture. And I have a loaded AR and my Super Black Eagle 3 next to me with the extension tube in it. Just filled with boss. So I'm like, I'm prepared. Like, if we get close to these hogs, I'm just going to switch to my shotgun and just rake them, you know? Mm -hmm. And I had so much adrenaline flowing through me. I didn't even think about it, man. And I just start ripping rounds with the AR-15, dropped a baby pig, and then dropped like a 300-pound hog. I mean, this thing had some, they call them cutters, like these giant teeth they have coming out of their mouth. Yep. Like four times. That I had so much adrenaline, honestly. You know, shot thirty-five geese one morning. That was so crazy. We're we're doing the we're hunting. They're like, yeah, we're working with a roost of like two, three thousand, and we're setting up decoys. And you hear a, Whoa. and all of us look, and there's this little pond behind our a-frames, maybe twenty-five yards. And they're like, there were not geese roosting on this last night. So these geese are new geese that flew in overnight. There's like five to 700 geese on the pond behind us. And we're just like, oh, my God. I was like, are, is this the roost? He's like, no. The roost is like three miles away. And I'm like, oh, okay. So then a hawk flies over the pond and all these geese start chattering. Like, like they're all scared. And then like 10 minutes later, all of these geese get off and they fly directly over our blind at 20 yards. And we just freaking laid into them. And so the first volley of birds that flew over us was from, you know, 80 yards behind us. And we dropped 14 out of that flock. Amazing. Wow. And then um, the weather shaped up a little bit better. And then we just started pounding big geese and lessers the rest of the day. We were out of there by nine. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then we, we got lunch, went and grabbed my bags, drove to Oklahoma. <laughs> so awesome, man. This has been a, such a stellar trip so far. Way too much, dude. That's sick. And you're getting paid. I'm getting paid, sir. Very jealous of you. Honestly, you guys are going to have to come down next year because, one, hospitality is ridiculous. We would not be staying where I'm staying right now. We promise you that. And then um, just the amount of just hanging out on the ranch is just incredible. The fact that you're constantly driving around with a loaded weapon in a side-by-side -side just makes me happy. 
Are you gonna are you gonna go back to SRO next year? Probably. I don't see why not. if I'm allowed back, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That was more what I was meaning. Like, are they gonna <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they didn't ask you to leave early yet? No, not yet. Yeah. Not, got a, a little over a week to decide that. Sure. But like first day I was here, I had a day off. Today we had the day off, so we did a buddy hunt today, shot a grip of Mallard and Gadwall. That was really fun. They all decoyed perfectly. And then uh, the first day of the buddy hunt, whatever, and then we just like messed around the whole day. Like we got ready for today's hunt. We have four clients in the morning, hung out with them for the last like three hours. They're super cool dudes and uh, got everything ready and Derek and I went and filmed a little video for Midwest Flyways. He got some content himself because he's works for that marketing. This is Derek Helms, by the way, who we previously had on our podcast. He lives two hours from here, and he's how I got the job. And so um, we went and tried to film stuff. I jumped a mallard off of a creek pond. That was cool. You know, it's just like a whole lot of like, it just feels like I'm meant to be here, you know? You know what I mean? Joey, what's the scouting situation like there? So different. Yeah, tell me more. So different, dude. So, like, um, I don't know the property, of course, and so I'm just guiding clients every day with another guide. <clears throat> and there's always at least two to three guys scouting, and they have all these names for their ponds and, like, cattle ponds and stuff. And... um so like, I don't know any of this This is 33,000 acres. And so they're just like, what does cattle guard look like? What does broke dam look like? What does pipeline look like? And I'm like, goodness gracious. And they're like showing me on a map and I'm like, Whoa, this is like ridiculous. So these guys are driving, I don't know, 10 to 30 miles around the property. And it's like on the property. So it's not like just going down County roads where you're just like making a 30 mile stretch. It's like, you're going through like rough stuff. And then you have to get out of your vehicle, crawl up to this pond, and see how many ducks are on it without spooking them. It's it's really, really different. It's pretty cool, though. And um, the the amount of scouting that they do mid midday is weird. Like, Because when we scout, we're scouting in the morning and the afternoon. And granted, we're doing both here, too. So like when two guides are um, hunting, the other two are driving around that morning checking all these different spots but then <clears throat> when we're done with the hunt we're also going on scouting midday and those scouts hold true like these birds do not eat out of dry fields whatsoever zero they're not eating out of a dry field that's so weird man they're eating invertebrates out of ponds and when i say invertebrate invertebrates they're eating um freshwater shrimp of course snails but- a lot of a lot of really tiny snails. Yep, it's weird. Like you'll go up, so weird. You'll go up on a bank, and there's just like three thousand snails that are dead. Like just the shells, like the tiny little circular shells that look like mm-hmm. so weird. weird. That you like the that's, cl- that's just crazy different, mm-hmm. dude. I know. And I'd say the biggest majority of species down here is widgeon, gadwall, pintail, and then mallards. But, like, gadwall is a big one. Yeah, they get a lot of gadwalls. Oh, my gosh. That's for sure. Well, and ringnecks, too. Holy crap. Ringnecks and gadwalls. 
just a shitload. But it's let so me random. They're a lot of fun to kill. They're yeah, that's it's just crazy to me. Yeah. Would you see? Would you say you see as many pintails as you do mallards? Right now. Yeah. Would we? Would I say that I'm seeing as many pintails as we see mallards up north? No, I'm saying right now for you. Like, are you seeing as many pintail as you're seeing mallards? Um, they they shot their limit of pintails every single day for like a month. What's the limit? One per person. So, like, say they're running a group of eight. They're shooting eight pintails every hunt. You know, and so um, <clears throat> I've I've seen three die, but uh, yesterday we were guiding and. We had a flock of like 40 pintails come in about 10 minutes before shooting time. But then we didn't see any the rest of the day. So I think it's just like certain sections of the ranch. Like there's smart weed everywhere and there's Milo. It's just like totally different topography that I'm not used to. Like, I don't know what these ducks are eating, like why they're coming to these ponds. So they're like, like there's smart weed everywhere. There's, milo in certain places that we planted and it's just very very different and new to me it's really cool though <clears throat> yeah it's it's just weird like the concept of it to me you know like the idea that that you're legitimately just like going from cattle pond to cattle pond to she water to you know like and it's all on the same property but that diff why like why are birds on different pieces in the same piece of property you know it's just weird like i don't that's the thing they have flooded timber here too and it's just like that's how vast this land is like it's like picture picture uh anoka to monticello they're not super far away but anoka has a lot of sand in it whereas monticello does not so it's just like that where it's just like the soil is different so it grows different stuff. It's crazy. Probably the weirdest thing to me is is all of my stuff is red. Yeah. Like all of it. It's so crazy. Like the dirt is literally blood red. And like all this water, like Warika stands for clear water. It's like that's like the Indian term. And I don't know what they were smoking, dude, what was in that peace pipe, but there is zero clear water here. It is so red. It is so red. It's crazy. I know. It's wild. It's just different. I'll, I'll have to take some pictures, but it's like, it's like truly mind blowing. That's like what my brain is fixating. You see like these little cliffs, or not cliffs, but like these little hills and there's like a little cutout, like where erosion happened. And it's just like the soil is bleeding. It's weird. Dude, it's crazy, like, thinking about, like, what Joey, the situation that Joey's in right now. Yeah. Like, you know, in Oklahoma. And it just made me, when I, after that conversation, I was kind of thinking about his experience there and, like, how different all of the places you can go and hunt can possibly be. And I know that, because you've been kind of all over, Right, like you've yeah. sea duck hunted, but then you've also done a ton in like the Badlands and um, South Dakota and all these different places yep. for deer Idaho, hunting too. Yeah, yeah Idaho. Yep. So like, I didn't know. I I kind of thought I'd ask you. Like, are there any like crazy weird things like that? Like, because every place is totally different. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. 
people's perception is when it because I'm I'm obviously used to like the horn hunting scene, um, and so people's perception of what a big deer is, yeah, it is definitely drastically different if you go from Tennessee or Pennsylvania sure. or you know like like um, I know in like South Carolina and um, like really the East Coast I think is, yeah. is where is where it's at the um, deer just don't grow that big sure. out there. And so um, I was hunting with a guy for muzzleloader in South Dakota, and um, there was this huge doe that came out, and he ended up taking that last day of the hunt. He wanted some meat, you know, that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And when he did, um, he was, like, so stoked that this, you know, it was a doe. Like, a lot of guys don't, you know, especially a lot of guys his age, they aren't that, you know— like stoked Not about super it, enthused about but it. it's because it was huge. Like yeah. and to him, he's like, I've never seen a doe like this. I've never taken a, a deer in the prairie, especially with a muzzle loader. Like, you know, like this is the coolest experience ever, you know? And like that, that's just, there's something so pure about that, you know, about yeah. that, that experience and, and whatever, and just knowing kind of where he's come from. And, um, when it comes to like on the waterfowl side of things, like, um, hunting, you know, in Maine, like I was last year, the um the only time that we were able to hunt a specific spot was like this one hour time frame when the tide was down yeah. okay and that's that's just nothing that we're ever like i'm i've been used to here because the water doesn't there is no tide you right know? right like the water doesn't move and so we were you know in broad daylight and then you know sun's high over us and these flocks of eiders are coming into this one spot and there's only this one rock is exposed for <laughs> for 47 minutes yeah <laughs> and that's all we have to hunt from yeah it was it was it was really cool and um but yeah and then you know and then switching out to south dakota in south dakota i you know i'll be hunting deer um there and uh during the snow goose season or like that's when the snow snow geese are coming down and so you'll you'll be um, seeing like all like pheasant hunters that are out and whatever in the fields or whatever. And then just these tornadoes of snow geese that are just landing yeah. into this one field. And it's not anything that we get in Minnesota. Totally. <laughs> because the, you know, the flyway is kind of pushed, pushed West. So it's, right. uh, yeah, it's, it definitely varies a lot. Um, and, uh, not, and I think that's, what's so cool about waterfowl is that you can, you can chase the migration and you can yeah. move with that and things will adapt like how you scout for them or what they are landing into. Um, but it's not going to, you know, it's, it's not going to change enough that you won't be able to kill them. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. If and you want it. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it's really cool. Yeah. One thing it made me think of a lot, cause he's talking about like this red dirt and like, you know, all the water's super red and, mm -hmm. It was kind of one thing it made me think about is in Louisiana, um, the stuff that they like walk through or that they hunt in with waders is like super, super thick and will cut your waders up. Yeah. Right. And that's like nothing like what we have really here in Minnesota. Yeah. Because like we hunt so many lakes and it's like the thing we worry about is if it's too muddy to walk out and grab birds or decoys. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's like a thing that's like on our minds right like yep. is that spot so muddy that i'm gonna sink so far in that it's not even worth being there yeah and, um, and cold yeah cold Cause too because the, like their waders i'm like w wade he had uh patagonia 
Oh, he had he had Sims. Yeah, yeah, Sims, yeah, Sims, Sims fly fishing, waders. and they're all poked through and holes. Totally and everywhere. Like that. Yeah, yeah. He's got uh, the whole thing's Aqua Seal. Yeah, I mean, like, it's like and for mine, my neoprene, you yeah. know, old Gander Mountain waders. Like, yeah, you poke one hole in those things. I'm like, well, that's it for him. <laughs> yeah, know? but you've had them for seven years. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You yeah, know? Yep, like those yep. guys are buying new waders twice a year if they hunt hard enough. Yeah, because of the buck brush and whatever the hell is down there that they're walking through, yep. and that's why, like, when I brought neoprenes the first time we went there wade's like you're crazy and i'm like what do you mean he's like dude you're gonna pop a hole in them things if you lived here he's like you'd throw them things away <laughs> yeah and i was like yeah i mean i don't live here though so yep. um and i mean like i obviously am wearing breathables now and like early season this year i, I adapted and like love wearing fly fishing waders now yep. for early season but yeah i just thought that was interesting like it made me think about that like that's when they go out on their minds is like is that area so thick that you know, I'm going to screw up my waders or like, is it possible to hunt there where that's never the case for us yeah. really, you know, like cattails and open water. Yeah. Ours is the mud. Yeah. It's like, is it too muddy for us to, yeah. And I know, guess because that, that would, the, the field that they're, the, or the places, the timber that they're hunting, the water doesn't stay there forever. No. And so it's not going to make it soft, you know, so they're, they're it's yeah, they have hard ground. Yeah. Underneath that. Yeah. That's one of the things I always look forward to. Like when we go to other places and we're hunting water is like, oh, I can't wait to be in two feet of water and have it be hard ground. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like for us, sometimes we're hunting five, six feet of water mm -hmm. and it's like a foot or two of mud, you yeah. know? So like just walking around to pick stuff up sucks. I mean, half the time I just rather just go out in the boat. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a hassle to move the boat around, but at least I know I'm not going to just sink in over my waders or, yeah, you know? Because I've seen Joey do it a million times. I think he thinks he, like, can't sink over his waders. <laughs> you know, like, I'll be fine, you know. Because he, like, tries to push the boundaries. He'll be like, dude, you're not even at your chest height yet. Yeah. You know, and oh, then he'll go gosh. out. And I've seen him, like, 20 times tell me, like, go a little further and get it. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> and then he goes to get it, and he's just wet, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you just don't know how much mud you're going to walk into. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just interesting. Yeah. And, um, you know, moving up the country into Illinois, where we hunted yeah. there. That was, um, I mean, we hunted, we hunted some ducks. That was on the river. Um, yep. But it was, you know, the For geese, the, the, the goose hunting was, um, that was definitely different because they were, you know, you could see where they take off from. It's, it's the nuclear plant or whatever that yeah. we're right by. And, you know, it's come on over to you. Totally. And, um, and then we, and we tried that grass or that, it was at, um, sod field. Yeah. That sod field. Yeah. And because, we, and we could see where they took off from. And we're calling at them, but I mean, you're in the middle of a city. Like the chances Dude, of being able to hear you. It like, was uh, so residential. Yeah. Like we were in the middle of the suburbs. Yeah. We were like shooting at the back of these fourplexes. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, which I mean, obviously we weren't actually, yeah, I yeah. mean, they were like, you know, a thousand yards away, but dude, you're surrounded by yep. like, yeah, townhouses, fourplexes and like a residential, nice suburban neighborhood. Uh -huh. And it's like, we're in the middle of this sod field in this neighborhood. Yeah. The weird thing is that kind of made me think, I wonder if that's what like our area around here will turn into eventually. You know, if it does, I hope that we keep the amount of hunting availability yeah. that we have because I think that it's just going to turn into completely residential and we're not going to be able to hunt it. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough to say. I mean, that's what that was, though, in Illinois. You know, like yeah. that's that because that's like Chicago suburbs. I think we're right. like an hour and 15 minutes from Chicago or yeah, an hour. Not even. Yeah. Not even. Yeah. yeah, yeah so that's like kind of where we're at right now, you know, like 45 minutes to an hour from Minneapolis. Yeah. You know, if you get out to like me. Yeah. Well, you got to, <coughs> the farmers have to keep their properties. Yeah. 
And like, you know, there's a sod field in Corcoran. Like totally, you know, man. that place kept and stayed as a sod field. But like there's just there's a lot of money in development and especially how close these things are to highway systems, you know. So I think I, I don't know. I'm not I don't have yeah. much faith on it. I know, I don't either. I don't either, man. Especially like where I live now, dude, they are it is booming yeah. out there. Like it's crazy. And the tough part is for these farmers like holding out when they can see like and I don't know what the money looks like. Maybe it's crap, you know, but mm-hmm. they're obviously getting offers from developers to buy them out. So you're you know? saying I need to just get rich and then buy a bunch of property out here and Connor, then just wait. We all need to just get rich. Yep. Okay. <laughs> but, but but when yeah. I get rich, yeah. we'll just buy I'll buy a bunch of property out here and just yeah. we'll keep it. If you know, did, it'd work out, I think. Goose Haven. Yeah. Until we're like so old that we don't care anymore and then you just sell it for buku money. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, dude, that's crazy. I mean, like, because that's a, there's a construction company near here. Yeah. They're a construction company. Okay. Right. But the owner has bought up so much land. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like, I think, I mean, it's been like 10 or 15 years he's owned all this, like tons of land out here. And people probably, when he did it, must have been like, you're crazy. Yeah. You know, and he's just been sitting on this. But now, man, he's probably reaping them benefits. Yeah. I think people can't, like, they can't fathom the idea that like 45 minutes to an hour away from the city can become a suburb. Yeah. Yep. You know, like that in their heads, like when it's, when like 20 minutes away is already a suburb that people drive in from. Right. They're like, how, you know? Cause like I hear the stories about like where we're from, you know, like 20, 30 years ago, Maple Grove was like farmland. Yeah. And well, and if you think about it, the, um, like an hour an hour away from the city or an hour mm. and a half away from the city. Could you think about that being a suburb right now? Right. You know, no, no chance. Like no, no com- who would commute an hour and a half to go to work? Right. Well now in a world where we're not really commuting to go to work yep. and then in a couple years of the world where we have self-driving cars and you can work on your way to your meeting, like in your car, mm-hmm. that's, that's a reality all of a sudden. And so yeah. it does like as far as just like I, I've thought into that and whatever about just buying like property or whatever. And you know, it doesn't really matter where you buy it. No. If you're like if, if you're happy with the property, like it's gonna hold its value for Pretty you. Pretty much, yeah. Like I in, mean they really least, will. You know, and I've obviously know nothing about <laughs> land development or yeah. anything like that, but you know, I know that I would at least get my tax dollar use out of it or whatever. Right. Yeah, so. no, it's crazy. Yeah, it's definitely wild. Um, it's weird to think about. Like, dude, you just said that we we're gonna have self-driving cars in two years. Yeah, well, you believe yeah, that? Like, like five. Well, I mean, we already have. Here's the thing: we have autopilot. Everything know, like, in Teslas and some of the new Hondas and stuff. And this was something I heard a couple of years ago. But they said by 20, 2020, um, every car needed to have the ability to implement software. So they needed to have all the sensors in it and everything for self-driving. Okay. My car is a 2020. Yeah. It had it like I know that it has that stuff. In yeah. It. And it's um because it, it can do it if it's on cruise control just driving straight down the road or whatever. Teslas are like straight up self-driving. You know, you hit a button and then they come to you kind of a thing. Um and so you just you take that software and you put it into my car and then all of a sudden every 2020 and up can can do Dude, it. how is this possible though? I like, because the thing is, I understand like the keeping it in the lane on the highway and stuff. Yep. But like, how can they decipher like it's time to make a right turn now? You because, know what I mean? Because they are able. If every car was reporting that information and yeah. data, 
then then they know, oh, 5,000 cars have done this turn in the last week, and this is the arc. This is the average That's arc. so insane. That you have to do, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, so let's do that average arc, and then the sensors make sure that nothing else is around it, nothing changed or whatever. Yeah. There you go. Dude, so you're, but the thing is, you're so reliant on that system not yep. failing. Yep. Right? So like, do they have to put in two systems? So if one system goes down, it's like a hospital, right? Like you have to have a certain amount of generators. Yep. Like, is that what they're going to have to do to like completely become self-driving? Like we have a totally second system Here's the that thing. will kick on the instant these ones fail. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, the second system is supposed to be you, but um, the... Yeah, not if you're on your laptop. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. If you're like sending your first email. But, the but, day, I mean. but that's the thing is if every car was self-driving, the roads would be a lot safer. You know? You think? Yes. What because, about for like, yeah, I guess unless they fail. We but. are the problem when it comes to that kind of a thing. Yeah. Like every single hack in history, like every single major technology breach or whatever yeah. is a result of somebody not doing their job like mm-hmm. when they were supposed to or somebody screwing something up. Okay. The, like those were the two, like when it comes to major technology, the whole um, human error, Equifax or whatever. Yeah. That was because somebody didn't do their job. Right. And, and so like computers are not the problem. We are the problem and how we yeah. implement those things. And that's going to piss so many people off. I know. I was just going to say, so many people are at home like, I'm driving my own fucking car. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, go for it. Nobody's driving my car for me. You know, I yeah. can't wait. But, but yeah. I had to do that in a Southern accent too, didn't I? <laughs> I'm so terrible. But no, yeah. I mean. Anyway, so I, I don't know. Self-driving cars are definitely going to be here in five yeah. years. Whether oh, they are implemented and wait. we can use them, you know. Yeah. So Probably yeah. 10 years. In our lifetime, we will have oh, we're gonna self-driving have so cars. Stuff. Like there's going to be That's so, so sick though, dude. So many weird things that come in in our <sighs> lifetime. I can't wait, man. I wonder how I hunting really is going to change. Yeah, you know? I don't know. Like, because I mean, you are like drones have already kind of made their way into the scene when it comes to like horn hunting and stuff, and those immediately got nixed, you know. And so, like, what else is that that thing? Like, I feel like hunting could definitely be the thing that's like you have to do old school, right? You know, because yeah. like walkie talkies. I don't know one state that walkie talkies are legal when mm-hmm. it comes, to, and I'm obviously speaking under the horn hunting arena. Yeah. Um, but you know, and, and technically you can't communicate with your phone. Like if you down, you, uh, you can to retrieve, yes. um, a deer elk right, or whatever, right. but you can't like, just be like, Oh yeah. Like I saw one up on the hill or, you know, like you can't do that. And, um, so I'm curious how, like, I think hunting might be like the, the good old boys sport. Yeah, know? it might be. Because it's well, know. they're trying to they're trying to maintain the pureness of it. Yeah, I you mean, know what I mean. Well, like, it's it's the you know the fairness of it because if that's you go I mean. anything yeah, that's more, what I should have said. Yeah, and it's yeah, it, it is it is definitely some purity of it and whatever. But like like there's a, a law that uh, we run in, ran into because I wanted to mount a GoPro to a muzzleloader in Idaho. Yeah, you can't mount anything electronic to a muzzleloader in Idaho. Why? Because they, they just they just blanket the law and they just say you can mount nothing electronic to your muzzleloader. That's crazy. Because muzzleloader is like the, you know, the purity of that, that sporter. It's supposed to be harder or whatever. Yeah. You got to yeah. get within 200 yards to shoot it and blah, blah, blah. And you only got one shot, you know, and blah, you have to use powder and blah, blah, blah. So I... um so we couldn't mount the GoPro to it, and it, which stinks because it's like that's going to be like one of the best shots, right? It you know because he's going to be pointed right at the elk, yeah. But can't you know, do it. Yeah, you can't do it. That's crazy, man. I guess time will tell. 
We'll see. Yeah. I, I can tell you for one, I'm not scared of the of the new technology that could be coming. Yeah. Because, like, dude, it, it will always be your choice whether you use it or not or implement yeah. it, you know? Yeah, but, hopefully. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the only thing that freaks some people out, I think, is, like, do being you have forced a choice? to use something? Yeah, being forced to use it. Yeah. And, you know, whether you like it or not, they can manipulate it so that you pretty much become forced to use it. Yeah. You know, like, if they make parts for vehicles that don't self-drive obsolete and right. all that type of stuff, I mean... You're pretty much screwed either way, but yeah. And you know, I work in the tech industry, right. and so like I obviously have a little bit of a biased opinion when it comes to technology and and trusting it because I know how to control it. But um, one thing that I kind of this is how I've chosen to word this argument, if you will. Our generation was born into a place where technology was not really existent, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah. then we were introduced Someone. to it in our learning years yep. of school and whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think that our generation, like you and I, millennials really, have like the best um, adaptation and the best understanding of a world before technology and a world after technology. And, and when it comes to millennials, they're going to be the ones that are going to be able to use it the best. And like, you know, yeah, because you have boomers that they were born into a world with literally none literally no technology. and then they went past their prime and then all this technology was introduced yeah, yep, right yep. and so they they're like nah i've been using email this whole time i ain't gonna switch to text messages right yeah, or yeah. i've been doing a phone call why would i you know do text messages just you know blah 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 mm -hmm. and then and then you have their generation that's just behind them that pretty much invented all this technology right and so they're kind of like that happy like happy medium in between the two of us but the people that didn't in that generation um they weren't in their learning years when it was introduced yeah. and so that's why I'm, i think that millennials got it made when, you know when it comes to all that and then gen zers they don't know what the heck it you know if you if you ask a gen z you say hey pretend that you're on a phone call you know and you take your thumb up to your ear and you put your pinky on your whatever yeah they're gonna hold their hand flat against their face because they're used to yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like a smartphone, right? And like, and that's, it's that's just so weird that it, you just said, yeah. Yeah. And that, that weird, isn't like that funny? Right? <laughs> yeah, but I would do this. Yeah. And here, actually I have a different t uh, test for you. Okay. If I say the, the words shake it. Okay. What song do you think of? Um, that, 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 like what song comes into your head? Uh, what's the song with the Mamba boys, black eyed peas? I don't know. I don't know. Sing, sing part of it. Whatever, whatever. What's the lyric of the song that you think of? Uh, dude, it literally is just sh shake it, shake, shake, just okay. shake it, shake, shake. So, so Gen Zers are going to think of Taylor Swift. Yeah. I thought of Metro Station. A sh Metro Station. A shake, shake, a shake, shake, a shake it. That one? Oh, yep. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought of. Sure. And it's just like, it's weird to like, my roommate is a Gen Zer and he th immediately thought of Taylor Swift. Right. And so I was just like. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's different how these different generations, you know, and and um, also my roommate, he uh, he got a phone at age thirteen. Yeah. Right. You know, and so it's just like. I, so did I though. You was it a flip phone? It was. Yeah. See, he 100%. got a smartphone. Sure. Yeah. No, 13. I got a flip phone at thirteen. I got a smartphone at seventeen. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, uh, it might have been older than that. I was actually. in college. Like, actually, I think I was too. Yeah. I think my first smartphone was when I was in college. Yeah, I got a 4s when I was in college. I had to buy it myself. Yeah, because I went to I went to college with a BlackBerry. <laughs> 
Yeah. Dude, I was right, so we got into the I was technology such a side of this. I was such a businessman, you know. <laughs> like at 18. Dude, now when I think about a Blackberry, I'm like, are you you know, like are you a lawyer? You know, like it's like like I'm a Blackberry. Like, dude, yep. isn't that funny? Like I have my little scroll button in the middle. Like that's so stupid. All right. Uh, anyway. All right. Well, guys, thank you for listening. We'd really appreciate it if you would leave us a review mm-hmm. on this podcast. That definitely helps us. Um, you don't have to say anything special unless you want to, because we're you know Go to our email list. If yeah. you want to say something special, go to our email list, sign up there, and then uh, drop us a note, and we might read it on the podcast. Might. Yeah. Yeah, unless it's <laughs> too weird. But <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon.